Hey, thanks for tuning in into the City Life Church podcast. We are a church in San Francisco, and we exist so that people that are far from God will encounter His presence and experience the life that only Christ offers. We pray that this word will challenge you and encourage you in your walk of faith with Jesus. Today we kick off a brand new series, preaching series, called Circles. And you're like, say what now? Um, I'm going to expound on that. It's, it's greatly influenced from a book that we read many years ago called The Circle Maker. And it's all about how to pray prayers that truly honor God. How to actually pray prayers that work. Come on, somebody. Some people say these like Hail Mary prayers that don't work because their heart is not attached to it. And they're going through the motions, but they don't realize God doesn't need religion. He needs a heart condition. He needs a, 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 an interaction with us. That's what he's looking for. So we're going to be talking about that. And the key text for this series, and we're going to be covering it all throughout the month of January, is found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. So I'm going to kick it off from there. Again, shout out to all of our friends watching online. We say that a quiet church is a dead church. So those of you in person, preach with your preacher today. Those online, including Darnie and Nikki and others, you know, throw those little emojis, those little hands, a little fire, whatever, and let me know that you're preaching with me today. If you're watching on YouTube on the big screen, grab your phone as well and actually interact with us so that we know that you're, you're tuned in. Love to kind of engage with you as we go. But this is what it says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8 in the NIV. And it says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So I'm going to be expounding all that and, and exploring what this means. What does it mean to ask and to, to seek God this way? Well, here's the context real quick. If you're kind of new to this passage, Jesus is going from village to village, from place to place, preaching about the kingdom of God that is at hand. And then you find in Matthew chapter 5, one of the longest sermons recorded in Scripture. It's called the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus comes and he invites a bunch of people. And if you've been watching uh, The Chosen, the, the, the Christian show about Jesus on, on your phone, your apps or YouTube or whatnot, uh, there's this whole buildup because he's, he's gathering materials. And I like the way that, that the producers have kind of like interpreted the scripture there. It's, it's beautiful. If you haven't checked it out, check out The Chosen. Pretty awesome. But it's leading up to this big sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And what's intriguing about this sermon is that Jesus then would begin to teach on a variety of subjects. You'll find the Beatitudes. Blessed is he, etc. You find the Beatitudes. It talks, Jesus talks about, hey, if you're part of the kingdom of God, you're called to be salt and light. And then he covers a plethora of topics. Like this is an all day kind of sermon. It just keeps on going. And he's covering these deep thoughts. And he starts talking about a variety of different things. He talks about um, anger issues. Anybody need a sermon talking about anger issues? Maybe you're sitting next to someone who needs that topic today. Or, or, or perhaps adultery or divorce or loving your enemies, including the Raiders fans, right? Caring for the needy. He taught about prayer and fasting, money and possessions, and he talked about not judging other people. He talked again about effective prayers, prayers that were truly effective that would work. He taught about the golden rule, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. So he covers a bunch of different topics, but the only topic that he actually talked about and then later came back and taught about it some more was on the topic of prayer. As a matter of fact, when he started teaching about prayer, he's like, hey, don't be like the hypocrites. They go through these religious motions of praying because they're not actually trying to impress God. They're trying to impress the people. So they wear all these spiritual like 
outfits and garments and they go outside and they, they start praying and doing these different things. He's like, God isn't into that. He's actually, he's disgusted by it. He says, don't pray like that. Don't do it for the affirmation or, 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 or the approval of man. When you pray, he says, actually do it in private. Now, Jesus wasn't limiting our prayer life to only being within a private setting. He was simply contrasting the drive, the motive, the motivation of why those people wanted to pray. They wanted the approval of people. They wanted to have more, more likes, more follows on their Instagram posts. Come on, somebody. They're looking for people to be impressed with their selfies and look at how I pray. And Jesus is like, when you're praying to the Father, you go into that secret place, close the door behind you and pour your heart out to him. That's what he was referring to. And then he goes on to saying like, and don't just kind of like pray, like babbling all these crazy words and repeating yourself. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. It's like, God doesn't need that. Some people, your, your prayer life, when I say yours, I'm not necessarily speaking about you specifically, but let's say, let's talk about other folks. When they pray, they just kind of babble away. They repeat, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Like, bruh, God doesn't need repetition. And Jesus is saying, God doesn't need lip service. That kind of prayer is ineffective. So he was talking about that, and then he began to talk about a variety of different subjects, and then he comes back. He feels compelled, like, I need to continue to expound on this topic of effective prayers. Why? Because people are missing out the, on the opportunity to connect with God Almighty. And he began to pray, when you pray, ask, but don't just stop asking. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking the will of God. Keep on pursuing God. Keep knocking on that door until it opens. Don't just come to church and pray once. Keep on being deliberate and intentional in your pursuit of God and his will for your life. So using that as a backdrop, that is the key text for us. Let me read the same passage, but now from the NLT version, because I like how it's worded in this translation. It says this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I love it. It's not just a one-time prayer. We are people of prayer. Prayer is not what you do. It's who you are. If, you're, if you are a being created in the image of God and God is spirit and you are a spirit being, God is constantly communicating to your spirit. How do you respond to him? It's through prayer. And it doesn't require you getting on your knees and, and doing certain things. It's, it's just simply opening your heart and responding to him. Can I even tell you this? When it comes to prayer, you don't jumpstart it yourself. God is the one that by his Holy Spirit, he's the one that's nudging us and compelling us and stirring us and working within us. And he's inviting us. Hey, I love to hang out with you. So whether there's college football all afternoon or other activities going on, there's still like these different moments where you kind of feel it's God saying, hey, how, how's it going? So prayer is actually a response to his conversation. And he invites us to be a part of this relationship with him where there's constant and continual prayer times. Are you with me so far? Now, y'all getting a little quiet. This is the first Sunday of the year. So feel free to, to preach with me. Amen. You can say, go ahead. You can say whatever, right? But Jesus, what he was saying in this passage, he's saying, be deliberate and be persistent in your prayer. As you're pursuing God, be deliberate, be intentional. Meeting with a couple last night and we're having some good times and talking about life and they're going out of town uh, uh, this weekend here to, or tonight or whatever to go dream and plan for the year. It's called a vision retreat. I'm like, that is awesome. 
and one of their core values as a couple, as a family, is intentionality. I, I love spontaneity, and I like to be spontaneous, but then there's also intentionality. Be intentional. When it comes to your prayer time, be intentional. God doesn't need lip service. He doesn't need leftovers. He wants your heart, so let's be intentional as we press into him. So in this preaching series, we're going to be exploring the idea of praying more effectively. We're going to be focusing on, on how to pray circles around God's promises, God's miracles, and God's dreams for our lives. Some of you guys, if we don't pray, you're just going to be going in circles, but I'm going to teach you how to pray circles. Amen, somebody? I love this quote from Mark Batterson. He says, the greatest tragedy in the life of a believer are the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. A collective, wow. It's like God is just, man, he is excited to answer some prayers. But if you don't pray them, it's like he can't release them. So why don't you pray? You have not because you. And Jesus said, keep on asking. Don't just settle for some blessings. Don't just settle for some answered prayers. Keep on believing. Keep on contending. Keep on pressing in. So again, we're going to be exploring this topic. My favorite book of all time is still the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible. But probably top 10 book that most influenced my life is this book called The Circle Maker. My wife and I, we read it about 12 years ago. And then right before we were about to plant our church, we felt like the Lord was calling us to, to come to San Francisco to you know, to, to sell our house and to, to just go all in. Um, this book had so inspired us to just pray and to believe and to fast. God would actually challenge my wife and I and our young team to come and to pray. And you know what we did? We crazy that way, y'all. Um, we came to the ferry building on a Saturday, 10 years ago, a couple weeks from right now, 10 years ago, early 2012. At that time, Pastor David was single. He was still an intern. Come on, somebody. And his hair, he was like rocking this strong fro. It was amazing. Pastor Justin, his cousin, my other nephew, uh, he also was an intern. And you might recognize some of the pictures. But let me show you the first picture. This is what we did. We came to the ferry building. They're going to throw it on the slide behind me. Right up there, we came and we got together. I think it was about 7 o'clock in the morning. And we went on this journey and this walk. And we'd walk and pray and start the first few miles like, man, with passion and intensity. And... Um, Somewhere, like by the time we got to the Bayview Hunters Point, it's like, man, we're starting to kind of feel it a little bit, but we're just getting warmed up. And we would stop and pray. And God, we're believing for people to be reached with good news. And every district that we would go through, walk through, we come down Candlestick all the way to Viz Valley. And we shoot up Geneva. And we come through the Outer Mission. And we come all the way around. And we're saying, God, being that Daily City is here, Lord, we're also believing for people from Daily City to join. So we're speaking blessings over them. By the way, while we were coming up Geneva, I remember walking up and actually touching some buildings. God, I believe for residents here that will get saved and be connected to the family of God. We actually had a family that lived at one of those buildings that we lay hands on, but that's another story. Came through, came all the way to Lake Merced, circled around. By the time we got here, we're like, oh, we're exhausted. Blisters on our feet. And, like, and we're like halfway there. So it's like, you can either go back or you might as well finish the circle because you're on the other side right over here. And by the, by the time we got to Highway 1 right here, we're kind of dragging our feet. <laughs> Pastor Elena, come on, babe. And this is a whole other conversation. It's for a marriage seminar. Learning how to walk together. <laughs> I'm like, like, let's pursue this mission. Let's get there fast. So I'm trying to walk as quickly as I can because if I stop, I may not get back up. Pastor Elena is like, we can do this, babe. Come on. Shada la la ba shanda. Like, hurry up, girl. 
all the way around what used to be the cliff house and we go past the outer mission and over the Presidio all the way to Fisherman's Wharf. Come on, Johnny, you're a hero. And boom, we get to the finish line. 12 hours later from seven o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night. And then we couldn't walk for a week. <laughs> Show you the next picture right here because these people were crazy. Here they are. There's Pastor David, ladies and gentlemen. How about that, fro? Woo, looking good. Pastor Elaine in the back right there. Look at Johnny. Look at those shades. Johnny, hey. Johnny. We got Maria, part of our prayer team. She's already praying and believing for great things. Pastor Lamia online. This is Pastor Lamia, ladies and gentlemen. Gretchen and Justin. Here we are, part of the crew. And along the day, different people would actually join us. But these were the OG, the original gangsters right here, who actually did the entire 30-mile journey. Here's the next picture, though, because this is trippy. This is trippy. Now, we're walking, and when we're getting a daily sitting, going towards Lake Merced, we're walking, and we see these two guys. It's a little blurry. Is it blurry, or is it just my glasses? It's blurry. But I, I had to go, like, search for this, because as we're walking, um, it, they, they were telling me less than 2% of the San Francisco population actually believes in God, has a relationship with God. And if you're a Christian, you have to be a secret agent in San Francisco. That's what they told me back then. I'd go and have coffee meetings with people and like, yeah, the event that we're going to on Sunday. And I had to speak in code because I didn't want to say the church service that we're going. I didn't want to offend people. Soon after, Pastor, Mc uh, Pastor Keys says, bruh, bruh, like you don't have to do it like that. Just, just real talk, just talk. So we're walking and out of nowhere, these two dudes are walking, not Michael, but these two dudes were walking. This would be Hav and Gio. And what impressed me is like in San Francisco, some dude is wearing a big old sweatshirt that says, Jesus is Lord. And they're walking towards me. I'm like, man, these are some strong dudes. I better watch out. And as I'm getting closer, like, Jesus is Lord. And I'm like, I'm just like, wow, wow. And then they walk by, what's up, bro? <laughs> Kept on walking. And I just, I, 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 was, I was marked with this because like, this is so dope, <laughs> so amazing. Little did I know that these two were actually already part of Pastor Marquise's church. And it's almost like God was just kind of dropping some crumbs. Later, I talked to Hov, I'm like, bruh, how often do you go to Lake Marseille? Like, hardly ever. But on that day, at that time, we crossed paths. Because God was kind of like, I'm in this, and we're going to circle this city together. Pastor Keys and his crew, they're already, they're already here. As natives, they were here. And God was just bringing more family members together. And then it was like a few weeks later, we go to a service. Well, here's the next picture right here. Because I would meet this family right here. Hey, look at Kai Kai right there. Oh, my goodness. Jax wasn't even like conceived yet at this point. And uh, God would then connect Pastor Keys and Catherine, their family to ours. And we would birth together City Life Church in the fall of 2012. And guess what was in the building? Geo, Jesus is Lord and Hav. And it's like, man, a setup in heaven. But go ahead. Thank you guys for the, the pictures. Isn't that cool? Um, here's a prayer walk, drawing circles around our city, believing that God would actually give us, even as he spoke to Joshua, he would actually give us an inheritance in this city. Why? Because God loves San Francisco. There are so many people that are distant from God, and we aren't special, but God sure is. And uh, we carry the presence of God. So everywhere we would go, every community we would go into, we're saying, God, we just speak your blessings here. We speak your peace here. We speak your goodness over this city. God, we're believing that people that are distant from God, they're going to find hope in Jesus. Lord, that they're going to find a place at our table. You're going to connect them to our church family. And it's been amazing to watch 10 years later, how God continues to connect people. So many people getting saved. You just saw another water baptism service. People giving their lives to Jesus, going public with their faith. 
And, uh, and, and we've only just begun. By the way, this fall in September, we'll be celebrating our 10-year anniversary. We're going to throw a party. Ooh, it's going to be good. Family reunion. And uh, Jesus said he's building his church, and, and, and we're just partnering with him. He continues to build his church. City Life is one of many great churches in San Francisco and in the Bay Area. But, man, I love this congregation. I love this family. And it all started because God had a dream. It wasn't my dream. It was God's dream. And then he began to whisper that into our hearts, into a team that believed. And, and we began to just draw circles around his promises. Can I tell you that every year we've actually done these prayer circles, but not like that. It's like I've never done that one again, like all in one. <laughs> what we do, and we're going to do another one, the third, I think it's the third Saturday, fourth Saturday of the month, 21st, 22nd. And we'll give you more information. But if you want to be a part of this, you don't have to walk for 12 hours. You can just walk for about mm, 30 minutes. But we actually break it down into a bunch of different teams and we draw circles of prayer all throughout our city where we just claim and we believe. And it's interesting, just a couple years ago, um, my youngest son, Ethan, and I were walking and we're doing a prayer walk in the Bayview, Hunter's Point, and we're walking past Grace Tabernacle. I don't think I even knew Pastor Ernie, Bishop Ernie at that time. And we stopped and we prayed a blessing over them. And then as the Lord would connect our hearts and lives and stories, next thing you know, we're parting together. Two churches coming together, becoming one. And little did we know, but these little crumbs of how God will just drop these things along the way as we partner with him in prayer. It's, it's fascinating. Amen. I see those hearts floating on the screens. Those of you watching online. Amen. But it starts with a heart that God has that he reveals to us. So as we explore for these next few weeks, this idea of drawing circles, what are the things in your life that you need to claim in the spirit? What are the things in your life that you need to draw spiritual circles around and saying, God, I know you're not done yet. I believe you dropped these things in my heart before you spoke it into to existence. God, it hasn't materialized, but God, I'm going to continue to believe. What are the things in your life that you're believing for? Today, I'm going to give you seven truths very quickly. And again, there's a lot of notes that you can peruse through later, but seven thoughts, seven truths on this idea of drawing circles and praying and praying more effectively. Are you with me? So let's navigate through this rapid fire style. So truth number one, too many Christians, they miss God's perfect will because they don't know how to pray effectively. There are just too many people on this planet. They love God. People love Jesus. And yet because they don't know how to, how to work their prayers, they don't know how to actually pray the heart of God and pray in agreement with the heart of God. They have great intentions, but they're missing out. They don't see the full manifestation of God's promises in their lifetime. My wife and I, we travel and, you know, uh, uh, Brittany, the other day we we're talking about prophetic words and different things, Right. My wife and I, as we go to different places, we'll begin to prophesy over people and people will come up to us and say, can you, can you give us a prophetic word? I'm like, listen, if God speaks to me, I will absolutely share whatever he's telling you. But the cool thing is the same Holy Spirit that's inside of me and my wife, Elena, he's also inside of you. You actually don't have to go through a prophet to get a word from God. The Holy Spirit, the originator of prophecy, he's already inside of you. So my job and our assignment as pastors and leaders is simply to help God's people learn how to know God better. And you do so by learning how to pray more effectively. The more you pray effectively, the more you have the prophetic sense of God flowing through you. Man, someone say, God, God is just, but he's not always fair. And praise God that he's unfair, because if it was about fairness, Jesus would have never died on a cross for you and me. That wouldn't be fair. 
It's not about fairness, but there's actually favor reserved for God's people. Because you are sons and daughters of the Most High God, when it comes to your life, God actually has an extra dose of favor designated for you. But most of the time, it requires your heart being open to him and you praying it into existence in your own life. That's why if you're a stockbroker, for instance, and all of a sudden, you know, whether, whether your investments are large or not, it's like, God, there is no such thing as insider trading because that's illegal. But God, I mean, prophetically, if there could be a prophetic hunch on, as to where to, you know, and all of a sudden some of our businessmen and women are like, you know what I'm talking about. God will direct you. It's time to unload those stocks like right now. Go ahead and do it like today. And the next day, you know, woo, mayday, those stocks drop. That's called the inside scoop from the Holy Spirit. It's not inside, insider trading, but it's you having access to the God who has all knowledge already. Come on, somebody. Too many Christians, they're missing out on what God has for them because they just don't know how to pray effectively. Now, here's the good news. This isn't a new problem. The disciples themselves, the, origin, the original interns that were hanging out with Theo himself, that's Jesus, God. They're hanging out with Jesus, hearing his teachings. They themselves didn't know how to pray. To the point that after this sermon right here, they huddled together. Hey, uh, hey, 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 Lord, hey, master, hey, teacher. Hey, uh, could you do that again? Like, can you teach us how to pray? Because like, man, our prayers, especially like that dude, his prayer life sucks. <laughs> and uh, so Jesus would have to explain it and break it down. When you pray, it's not about repeating the same words, but there is a model. And he began to, for instance, say, when you pray, pray like this, Father, chart in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he gives them this kind of like, not a recipe, and it's not a verbatim word for word thing, but it's like, recognize that God is bigger than you. Recognize that he's above all things. When you pray, it's not just, you're not praying to just a peer, you're praying to someone that is above you. And he began to expound. And those are some basic nuggets for all of us. As we start this year, a week from tomorrow, we're starting our Pursue campaign, which is 21 days of prayer and fasting. Our entire church, we invite you to pray every day intentionally. We're going to give you some prayer targets and prayer points. Pastor Isaac uh, found a cool app that we're going to be using together. And, and with that, we're also using the book. And next Sunday, every, every single one of you in person and those online, you're going to be receiving the Circle Maker book. We've already purchased it for you. So we want to invest that into your life. We want you to be inspired by it, to learn from it. The chapters are very short, four or five pages per chapter. So if you're not a reader, there's hope for all of us. Come on, somebody. But as you pray and as you seek God, I believe that your prayer life is going to grow. It's going to develop and you're going to be you're going to be more well-rounded, but better prepared for not just to survive this life, but to know the heart of God and to thrive. God wants you to live an abundant life. That's why we are here to lead people to become fully alive in Jesus and to become fully alive in Jesus. Your prayer life has to go to new heights, new levels. And can I tell you that you never stop, you never stop growing when it comes to your prayer life? doesn't matter if you've been saved for 30 years or 30 days. We are all growing. But the thought here, truth number one, is too many Christians, they miss God's perfect will because they don't know how to pray effectively. I like to say, don't settle. Never, never, ever settle. I think of like the 12 tribes of Israel as God was leading them out of Egypt, through the wilderness, and then into the promised land. It says that two and a half tribes... They just said, you know what? We like the wilderness. We like the sand, sand in our shoes, sand everywhere. Like we're, we're cool right here. So they settled rather than going into the promised land that God had for them. They settled for just being away from bondage, Egypt. Can I tell you, there's much more prepared for you. 
Just getting saved from a life of sin isn't enough. God wants you to experience the fullness of what he's prepared for you. He sent Jesus to die on a cross to make it all available to you. Don't settle. Come on, somebody say, don't settle. Turn to the person next and say, God has way more for you. Online, let me know. God has way more for you. All right. Truth number two, very quickly. God is actually for you. That's some good preaching right there. The gospel means good news. The good news is God actually, he is for you. He's not against you. God loves us. Even though we're screwed up, jacked up, we, we make mistakes all the time. God is still for us. The enemy wants to remind you of how messed up you really are. And we are messed up in many ways. But God is not your enemy. He is your friend and he is for you and he continues to restore you. And sometimes he adjusts us. Sometimes he has to correct us. The Bible says that God chastises those that he loves. That means that he brings the whooping stick and he comes to help us. Why? Because he wants us to not deviate into paths that would lead to our destruction. But he loves us. God is for you. Some of you, your prayer life suck because you think that God is a mean judge that is only out to zap you every time you screw up. That's why you don't want to pray. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I know I messed up. So God, maybe one of those prayer services when Pastor Chelsea is leading out, I'll kind of come up to the front and I'll pray. Nah, the enemy is bombarding your mind. Understand, God is for you. And even when you're messed up, he continues to pursue you. So just simply respond to his love. Your spirituality doesn't impress God. Your righteousness, my righteousness, it doesn't impress God at all. Can I just be brutally honest and like this is going to be kind of like a little gory, nasty, excuse me, but it's Bible. The Bible says that your righteousness, even at our best, when we are at our absolute best, listen to this, our righteousness is as good as a bucket of tampons. PJ, the first Sunday of the year, you're going to like talk like that in church? It's the Bible. It's, you're like, it doesn't say that. It says filthy rags. That's what it was, y'all. That's what it was. Even at our best, that's how, that's how unclean we are. But Jesus became our righteousness. God is for us. God is for you. Therefore, when you, when you start this year, it's the 2nd of January. Maybe you can't go back in time and say, I forgot to pray yesterday. Start today. Start responding to God. Here I am, Lord. I respond to you. If you know that you're favored of God, why wouldn't you uh, believe and ask if you truly know that you are favored of God, why would you not ask God for breakthrough? Breakthrough for family issues, breakthrough for health issues, marital issues, financial issues, whatever it is. If you know you're favored, ask and keep on asking. Keep on declaring. Keep on believing. Amen. Number three, truth number three. There's nothing that God loves more than keeping his promises, answering prayers, performing miracles and fulfilling dreams. God loves to do that. Again, at our family, four kids, love each one of them. They're amazing. Um, Christmas season, it's fun. And Erica, she's a little older, has a job, so she can save a little more money and buy her dad some cool gifts, and it's awesome. And, and you know, the kids, they were all, like, chipping in and helping buy mom and dad some different things and loved it. And, uh, like, man, these guys are awesome. But my greater enjoyment wasn't actually receiving from them. My greater enjoyment was watching them open the gifts that we got them. My wife and I, we got them some dope gifts, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to savor the moment. I don't know what your traditions are in your home. Maybe your Christmas season, all the siblings open their gifts all at the same time. I'm like, nah, if I put the time, the money, the energy into getting these gifts and wrapping them, I'm going to like savor it. We're going to open one gift at a time. I'm going to take it in. Go ahead. 
<laughs> so one by one, they're unwrapping. Oh, thank you, Dad. Like, That's awesome. But my heart is full. Why? Because I see their enjoyment and some of the surprises. And like, wow, this is awesome. One of my kids said, this is the best Christmas ever, Dad. I'm like, that right there, bro. That just brought it. <laughs> God is much like that. I'm not trying to equate myself to God, but God loves to spoil his kids and to bless his kids. But there are many things in our lives where if we don't unwrap the gift, they go unnoticed. The unwrapping is prayer. The unwrapping is drawing those circles around these things until all of a sudden, boof, the will of God is manifested in your reality. Are you with me so far? So God loves it. Number four, truth, truth number four, God will do certain things without our prayers, but there are certain things that he'll only do because of our prayers. I mean, God is God. He's got this. And there's going to be things that he does all the time that it didn't include you or require your awareness. But then there are certain select things where he says, man, as my son and as my daughter, I want you to partner with me in this one. And I, and, and I have it ready for you, but you need to call it out. You need to believe it. You need to declare it. You need to keep on asking. And at the proper time, the proper season, God will manifest it in our lives. It's about partnership. Someone say partnership. partnership. Watch this quote from Mark Batterson. Prayers are prophecies. Who you become is determined by how you pray. Prayers are prophecies. If you want to become a better person, you need to pray a little bit more. Unlike what Hammer said in the early 90s, you got to pray just to make it today. I said we pray. Unlike that, we're not here just to get through the day or make it through the day. Your prayers of today are the platforms of victory tomorrow. Youngie Cho, Dr. Youngie Cho, who pastored the largest church in the world, who just died this last year, he would say this, the victories of today are a result of your prayers from six months ago. As you're praying, you're bombarding your future with blessings. As you're praying today, you're actually building a highway into the next season that God has for you. But if you don't pray now, you may not have that bridge that you're going to need six months from now. So you pray now and you prophetically speak the will of God into existence. That's why we must pray. And Jesus says, when you pray, keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Keep pressing through. It's not about just checking off little boxes. I got my prayer devils down today. I'm done. No, you keep on believing. You keep on declaring until you see the purposes of God fully manifested in your life. Some things God will do without your assistance, but there are some things that require your partnership. So if it's not happening, it's not because God's lazy. <laughs> Truth number five. Are you with me? Only three more. Truth number five. God is big and deserves God-sized prayers. Four quotes that I jotted down that I grabbed from that book from Mark. Four powerful quotes would be this. Bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended with big prayers. He is with anything less. Think about that. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they're insulting to God. <laughs> If you can answer your own prayers, God doesn't deserve those prayers because he's a big God. He's a great God. We pray because we need him. If we could do it out of our own strength, we wouldn't even be including him in our prayer life. But we pray because there are certain things that only he can do. Another one, the bigger the prayer circle, the better because God gets, God gets more glory. So you have some needs. You might as well just kind of like pray some big, bodacious, audacious prayers. Make them real big because your God is big. And the more challenging the circumstances are, 
God, I'm not just believing for one family member to be saved, but I'm believing for my entire family to be saved. And I'm believing for my extended family to be saved. So I'm going to draw circles of prayer this year. In 2022, I'm believing for every single one to get saved. You're giving God more opportunity to reveal his glory. So don't just settle, God, I'm just, I just need one. Heck nah. God is a generous God. He's a big God. Believe it for all. Amen, somebody? Truth number six, drawing prayer circles isn't some magic trick to get what you want from God. God ain't no genie in a bottle. Wow, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. <laughs> he ain't no God in a bottle, a genie in a bottle that you just kind of give him. What is your wish today, my servant master, boss? He's not like that. We don't manipulate God. When it comes to our prayer in the language, it can come across. You might be thinking, we can't tell God what to do. What are you talking about drawing circles? We can't manipulate God. No. God who indwells us, he actually places desires within us. They actually don't originate from you. When the psalmist says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's not like a Christmas Santa wish list. Where if you worship God and delight in him, all of a sudden he'll give you all that. Well, I need a PS5. I need a new, a new car. I need. That's not what it means. It means as you devote yourself to God and you find fulfillment and just being surrendered to him, he then begins to place desires within you. Things that perhaps you didn't desire now, all of a sudden they become a part of you. You begin to long for these things. You're like, where did that come from? It's God placing those desires within you, within your own personality, within your own way and, 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 and lenses, so to speak. God will provoke us to desire his will. That's his nature. So the Holy Spirit is working within us. So when you're praying and you're drawing these circles, I like to say that God is the one who's actually spurring you on, challenging you to actually pray these, these big prayers. So you're not manipulating him. You're actually partnering with him because you're responding to him. Are you with me so far? What is it that God is challenging you to pray about? What is it that he's speaking to you and nudging you on and encouraging you to, to respond? Is that right, Crystal? And I'm looking at different ones of you. Bibi, so proud of you. What is it that God's speaking to you about? What is it that God's challenging us? And you're watching online and Isaac, Pastor Isaac, let's build that highway in prayer. Come on, somebody. We got to build those highways in prayer. What is it that God is spurring within us? So drawing these prayer circles, they're not some magic trick. It's about discerning God's heart and praying it into existence. What is God speaking to you about this year? What are you believing for in 2022? What are those little nuggets that God just downloads right into your heart that you pray about? Pastor Judas Smith, I used to hear him say, a short pencil is better than a long memory. Meaning there are certain things that God will speak to us. I'd encourage you, jot those things down, whether you put it on your notes on your iPhone or whether you literally just write it down on your, in your journal or whatever. What are the things that God begins to speak to you? Journal those things. Jot them down. Put them in writing somewhere so you can draw circles in prayer. Recently, we were at our Marketplace Ministries uh, breakfast about a month ago, and Johnny Maria were leading and sharing. And one of the things that so inspired me, and I was so proud of Johnny Maria, because I remember the journey. You saw their picture on the big screen. They were praying with us, and they're newly, newlyweds, and uh, and all of a sudden, it's like, man, God began to expand their life, their family, Jude and Zoe. But one of the things that I was inspired by was the different things that God has spoken to them about and how Johnny journaled all these different things. And he's got a stack of journals 
that he can actually go back and he can remember where he was at 10 years ago and what God was speaking to him then and where he's now. And then there are things, Johnny, that God hasn't fulfilled quite yet, but he's already spoken it into your hearts. So as you continue to, to, to circle those things, and you draw those circles around it, it's just a matter of time. God is going to fulfill his word. What is it that God is speaking to you about? I want to encourage you, journal those things. Jot them down so that you don't forget. There's sometimes when I'm sleeping and some of my best sermons come in the middle of the night. Come on, somebody. True, real, real talk, right, Pastor David? It's like, huh. And then I got to like quickly wake up and jot things down quickly before I forget because I've learned it the hard way. Sometimes God will give me entire sermons. I'm like, that was so good. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Then I fly back asleep. I wake up a couple hours later. Ah, I can't remember a thing. Help me, God. Speak in tongues now. Ah, like nothing would happen. Jot it down. Number seven, truth number seven, raw dependence is the raw material out of which God performs his greatest miracles. If you're all that and a bag of chips, God doesn't need you and you don't need God. But when we come to a realization that even at our best, we're still not enough, we need God, then you're primed for God to do some miraculous things. Even at our best, we just don't measure up. But God loves to reveal his grace through broken vessels. The Bible says, and last week we talked about it in our sermon that you watched online, God's grace is sufficient for us. When we are weak, then he is made strong. If you're all strong all by yourself, you don't need God. But when you recognize, God, I'm dependent upon you. Every breath that I take, I take because of you. Lord, I need you. Then you're, you're set. You're poised. You're positioned for God to do some incredible things. When you're at, when you're at the end of yourself, you're primed for a miracle. So Nicole comes up to the keyboards as we wrap up. When you're at the end of yourself, maybe you came to church today, or maybe you're watching online, you're like, man, I'm just kind of like, I'm ready for a new year. I, I'm ready for that reset button. I know emotionally it feels like, wow, it's a new year, and all my problems are going to go away. Now nah, it's the same old problems. You might still be married to them. <laughs> you might still have that boss or whatever it would be. There is no reset button. But there is a source. There is a fountain. The Bible says that his mercies are made new every morning. That if you find yourself today at the end of yourself, can I remind you, you're a prime candidate to just be one who would partner with God to draw circles around your victory and your breakthrough. You're at the right place. This is the right season for you to partner with God and say, God, I can't do this out of my own strength. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. But by faith, I'm going to draw circles of prayer. And I'm going to believe that, God, you're going to intervene. And you're going to do something significant in my life. Watch what God will do. When you take matters into your own hands, you've taken things out of God's hands. There are certain things you just got to leave them in God's hands. God, I don't understand this, but I trust you. Here's the goal for, for all of us. The goal would be this. The goal is to glorify God by drawing circles around our promises, miracles, and dreams that he has for us. That's the goal. What is it that God wants you to partner with him uh, with this year. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. We're going to continue next Sunday. I'm going to give you some more practical things. I'm going to actually share next Sunday the circles that I'm praying for. I've kind of got like a, a strategy. It starts from your home life, your own personal walk, and then you expound from there. God, we want to, we want to pray your heart. We want to pray your will. It's not about a technique. It's about a response. Today you came to church and you've tuned in online perhaps and you're like, I, I need God to not just pick me up. I need God to, to really, really help me. 
I need God to change a lot of things in my life and around my life. Can I remind you, your God's not lazy. He's not distant. He's actually present. And he loves to be included in our lives. The best decision that we can make this first Sunday of the year is saying, God, I move out of the driver's seat and I, I invite you to be the driver of my life. That's the smartest decision we can make. And God, I don't want to like bake the loaf and then ask you to bless it. Lord, I don't want my will to be done, but I want your will to be done. So God, I surrender to you. That's a great prayer right there. You want to learn how to pray circles around God's promises in your life? It starts with a response. It starts with a surrendering to God. What is it that you need to surrender to the Lord today? Some of, you, some of you guys, and even as I was worshiping, I began to sense that some of you guys are carrying huge, heavy, spiritual or emotional backpacks. You're overwhelmed. Family issues. Some parents who have some prodigal sons and daughters that are distant from God and your heart is overwhelmed. God the Father, he understands what it is to have the loss of a loved one. His own son died. Whatever it is that you're navigating through, God gets you and he understands you. And I believe that today God wants to make an exchange. His word to you, whether you're watching online or you're in person, if you'll surrender, you open your heart and you give him the burdens, those things that overwhelm you, God will take the heaviness and he'll replace it with peace. It's not that your problems will necessarily go away overnight, but you're gonna find a supernatural strength. You're gonna find a supernatural encouragement where you go, you know what? By God's grace, I can do this. And as you begin to build momentum and as you begin to build some, you feel the wind, so to speak, blowing across your face. Like, you know what, God, you are doing something. I may not understand, I may not see it, but God, you're with me. So I wanna lead us in this prayer. It's a prayer of dedication or perhaps rededication. Maybe you're here today and you've been distant from God and you say, I need to surrender to God. We do this every Sunday. As you pray this prayer in the midst of hundreds of people, both in person and online, God will hear your prayer. And then as we pray, we're also surrendering to him. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for many years, I'm going to lead us out in this prayer of surrendering to him. I want to encourage you, surrender it all to God. Make that exchange with him today as you kick off this brand new year. Are we ready to pray online? I'm going to invite you to pray with me as well. Let's just repeat with me out loud. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for pursuing me. Today, I open my heart. I invite you into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I repent of my selfish ways and all my sins. I surrender fully to you. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me and forgiving, and forgiving me a fresh start. Help me now to live a life of purpose where I will make a difference in other people's lives. I surrender every area of my life to you. In your name, amen and amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise one more time? Go ahead and be seated. Pastor Elena is going to wrap things up. Happy New Year. God bless you.